Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Marshall Scott joins us here on the Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh. Neighbors, we are talking about the great turnaround, one of the best turnarounds in college football that we have seen this season and you know, in, in some recent seasons as well. Obviously, it's the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Nobody covers them quite like Marshall Scott and quite like pistols firing. So, Marshall, I'll take you back to – I forget what week it was. I think the third week of the season – I am uh, I'm out and about. Uh, one of my hosts, he does this like watch party for Arkansas game, and that week it was Arkansas and BYU. So I was watching that game on all the TVs. I had my laptop out at the bar. I was watching West Virginia and um, uh, Pitt on my laptop. And I had Oklahoma State, and I had them against South Alabama on my phone. And I'm watching, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Like, all, you know... BYU is this back and forth game and West Virginia. I was like, they've got an identity. And here I am watching Mike Gundy and, and, you know, coach really poorly. Like he's indecision at quarterback. Obviously they didn't know who their best running back was at that point in time either. Um, And just getting hammered by South Alabama at home and like a team that, you know, the effort I think was questionable that game, but just, just didn't seem to know where the answers would come from. And obviously I think it was a huge problem. And they lost the Iowa State game too later on. But like I, I think most mostly that South Alabama game, you're sitting there and you're thinking, what is this team? How did we get here? And now I'm thinking those same questions. I'm like, what is this team and how did we get here? And I refrained actually, actually back to something that I said at the beginning of the season. Mike Gundy is still the best coach in the Big 12. And I think it's pretty like it's it's not much of a conversation, right? Like he is. I mean, you could say Lance Leibold's done a great job, sure, but Mike Gundy has this sustained excellence, and this is exactly what it looks like the season they're having right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it took a lot of, I don't know, he, he really had to humble himself after you know scoring seven points at home to South Alabama. And South Alabama was a game that you know everybody in the offseason kind of circled, like, hey, this team um, had a good year last year, returns a lot of guys, uh, but I you know, even if you thought, you know, maybe they lose this game based on, you know, all that happened with Oklahoma State's roster turnover the year before, uh, you ex- you certainly didn't expect it to be 33-7. Um, and for them to, you know, just kind of say, okay, that happened, and, and now we got to figure it out. Obviously, the quarterback carousel at the beginning of the year um, was a nightmare. I imagine no team ever, at, at, given the circumstance, will ever do that again. Um uh, they, they select a guy in Alan Bowman, and, and I'm not sure that it mattered who they picked uh, of the three that they were playing. If they picked Garrett Rangel, if they picked Gunnar Gundy, if they picked Alan Bowman, they really just needed to pick a guy um, and give that offense some stability going forward. And then uh, they finally decided, hey, get Ollie Gordon the Rock. Um, that was something that the fan base had been calling for pretty much since the start of the season, since midway through last season, honestly. Um, yeah. so, so they start getting him the ball more. Um, Gundy said that they they took away a lot from the playbook and just like focused on on what they did well. Uh, but yeah, as far as turnarounds go, it's hard to imagine. It feels like a fever dream. It's hard to imagine that that's even the same team. That's the same offensive line. 
um, that that was the year before, uh, that they had earlier in the season. So uh, the turnaround has been immaculate. It's tough to put into words because it's just so hard to imagine uh, that that is the same group out there. But, you know, it's funny because that's that Mike Gundy's recent really good teams. There's so much simplicity in what they do. You know, I think about that 2021 team and I mean, it was a lot of the same. And look, I think that's what the, the big difference between the 2021 team is they have a better running back, but a worse quarterback. Right. I think that's pretty fair to say. Like, I mean, as good as Jalen Warren yeah. was, he did really slow down and he was he was hampered in the end of the year by injuries. But like that rushing attack did slow down. Things did fall more upon Spencer. I think Spencer, you know, believe it or not, I think people, folks always think this. Like Spencer was equipped to to do pretty well in a lot of spots, and he did. There was one team he did not play very well against, and uh, that was Baylor. But Alan Bowman has been doing a whole lot of game managing, mm-hmm. and Ollie Gordon's been tremendous. And last week, I thought the question would be asked because you knew Oklahoma, especially after the way they got beat by Kansas and after UCF ran the ball pretty effectively against them. Like Oklahoma state does not pull punches. You know what is coming. They're going to run, you're going to run some counter on your right. Uh, I mean, they're going to, you know, they're going to run zone. Like you kind of know what's going to come. And they were there. And the big question was, could Alan Bowman elevate? And they had a veteran quarterback who elevated and they had a lot of guys on defense. You know, they, they, they will bend, uh, but they made some really big plays and they've got some star players on defense. And that 2021 team had some star players in that defense. And so I think that's what's pretty fun to watch about Oklahoma State is that like, there is still so much simplicity in football that you can win a lot of games and we'll get to the teams they've beaten uh, and why kind of their, like, their status at the top of the league is so set right now. But th- there is some simplicity to it, right? Like, all right, we picked the veteran quarterback and you know what? Let's just give the ball to the guy that we think is the best player because last year, and you're right, second half of last year, Ali Gordon was awesome. Like, it was pretty clear who the most talented player was. Let's give them the ball and see what happens. Yeah, and whenever I said earlier that I, I don't think it mattered which quarterback they picked, I think that they obviously have since made, like it's been confirmed they've made the right decision. But at that yeah. time, whenever you're rotating three quarterbacks and nothing's getting accomplished on offense. I was a Rangel guy. I was yeah, like, I, I was a Rangel guy as well. Right, because he's got more time left. Yeah, like, but but it, it's obvious now that, that with the compliment right. he is to Ollie Gordon, he's protecting the ball. Some fans are getting a little mad that he's throwing the ball away so much. But, you know, in years previous, and we talk about the highs of Spencer Sanders, some of those throwaways might be him trying to force it in somewhere. So uh, uh, he, he Alan Bowman has been perfect, a perfect mesh with Ollie Gordon. And, and kind of mentioning Ollie Gordon, you mentioned uh, he's better than Jalen Warren, which is kind of crazy to think about. It, it, whenever he kind of started this spree, I was like, okay, I don't want to get, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. I don't want to say that he's been better than Justice Hill, Chuba Hubbard, Jalen Warren all these recent guys because always only a true sophomore. So I didn't want to go there uh, right off the rip, but now it's pretty evident that, that Ollie Gordon, this true sophomore running back is the best, maybe the best running back, the best running back. Yeah. That Mike Gundy has had. Uh, He's the best running back in the country, I believe. Um, But as this was starting, just based on, you know, that South Alabama game and kind of where this team was, I, I was trying to tamper expectations a little bit and not get too all aboard the Ollie hype train. I, I was, you know, you, you're firmly on it, but I didn't want to be, you know, parading around uh, just in case that this thing did start to turn a little sideways. But Ollie has been incredible. Him and Alan Bowman are seem like a match made in heaven. It's funny because Alan is this, he's well-spoken. He's a veteran dude though. Like you can almost see Alan like taking in the moment as it's happening. 
because he knows that, you know, how valuable this time is. Whereas mm-hmm. Ollie is just, you know, flying by the seat of his pants, having a blast. Um, and, and you like, he's having a good time, but you can almost see that he's just doing whatever. He's 19, uh, isn't he? I think he's, he's, he's 19. Yeah, 19 or 20. I'm not, I'm not sure for right. sure, but yeah. Uh, but, and, and then you can just see Alan, you know, being the sensei and, and you know, he, he takes the knee, uh, at the end of Bedlam and, and then he drops to a knee, points to the sky and is like looking for his family. Um, you know, Ollie's in the middle of the, the swarm of people that are out there. He's getting lifted on people's shoulders. So that's been kind of really cool to see just kind of how well those two have meshed together. Um, and good on, you know, Oklahoma state staff for kind of figuring that out as the season has played out. And the offensive line deserves a ton of credit. Yeah. I mean, you know, you go back and you watch that West Virginia game, and I know West Virginia, I think the one thing for them is, and you know, you, you ask about Oklahoma State with this, but like Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy have been through these battles, and they understand that it is the teams at the end of the season that do not, like, you, you need to be able to stay healthy, and you need to be able to stay strong, and it is a week-to-week grind. And I think that's a huge part of this, because like you see, you know, last year, right, Kansas, massive fallout, fall off. Uh, West Virginia, I think, has experienced some of that in terms of like the physical, like how physical they can be, especially on defense. I feel like they are a, a lot less physical and Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma state just whipped them up front. And if you think about those massive, you know, like think about those big runs at the end. That was, that was the easiest touchdown runs of Ollie Gordon's life. I mean, he's explosive and he's great, but those were gigantic holes he was running through. And you think about them imposing their will on a team late in the football game, man, like that is, that is hard to square with the team that I think we saw at a lot of points last season and the team that we saw in the first few games this season, like that is, that was not in the bingo card per se. Yeah. And you mentioned the offensive line. It is essentially all the same dudes from the previous three ish years. So that and Hughes offensive line has been bad the past couple of years. So it's another, you know, tribute to the coaching staff, tribute to the guys for, for, you know, sticking it out and and grinding to get better. Um, But that's almost as dumbfounding as the rest of this, is that this offensive line that wasn't very good for the past two years, um, with essentially the same dudes, they bring in Dalton Cooper from Texas State. Um, They move him to left tackle, which seems to, you know, be working really well for for them. But essentially the same offensive line has all of a sudden just flipped 180 entirely. Uh, So I, I think, you know, that's kind of an underrated part of this turnaround in that the offensive line itself, just that turnaround alone is crazy, much less, going from losing, uh, you know, scoring seven points against South Alabama uh, to, to winning the final Bedlam game. So you think about this defense, like this is not a, this is not excellent defense, right? This is not a, a team that does, uh, you know, like that's not their calling card, right? Um, the, the one thing about the defense that I really like is they seem to start off pretty well in games. Like the defense seems to be like, you know, kind of get them that advantage. And, and it feels like every, every team they're playing is always kind of playing from behind. I think about that Kansas state game, they made life absolutely miserable on Will Howard and company. Um, and so I think it's a less talked about part of this, but they've got some really good individual players in that defensive side of the ball. And it feels like, you know, like I always think about Martin and Colin Oliver. Yeah. But like they're getting some really good efforts. And so like, they might not be, talent wise physically as good as, as a lot of, as a lot of teams, but man, like, you know, they've got some individual players who've become really, really good. Uh, and maybe not as physical as other teams, but like they've got guys who can make plays. And so I think the story of this is the offense, but the defense, it's not like they're getting absolutely smoked in every single game they played. Right. I think the Kansas game came in mean, Kansas moved the ball pretty well all over them, especially Jason Bean did, but that K state game, they turned them over a whole lot, right? The Oklahoma game, they held up as much as they needed to, to get the win. 
Uh, and so like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's an elite unit, but they're doing their job, which seems to be kind of the story for the entire, entire team. Yeah. The, the, the back end is really young. And I think that was kind of, um, you know, some of their issues. I, I asked, uh, Brian Nardo, the new defensive coordinator after Saturday's game, uh, kind of what changed with the turnovers. Cause they, they had one interception in that those first four games. Um, and, and since I think they've had seven, um, in, in this five game winning streak. So I, I kind of asked what has changed. And he said, it's those young guys, you know, learning the system. Cause whenever you're thinking about everything you're doing, you're not really looking for the ball, uh, to, to, you know, kind of see where it's at. You're just looking, Hey, I'm supposed to be guarding this guy right now. Um, if this guy comes right. in my zone, I'm supposed to step up and do that. Um, and so I think it's kind of the, the evolution of those guys have, you know, played enough games now to where they're kind of comfortable. They kind of know what they're looking for and, and then they can play the ball. And that's been a huge part of their turnaround. They, they beat OU in the turnover battle. Some of those were self-inflicted by whatever the heck OU is doing uh, um, on those fumbles. But, you know, you get a big interception to, to start the second half. And, and th those have been, you know, changing kind of the tide on turnovers um, ha has been just as huge as all those other things that we've mentioned that, that they've been able to kind of figure out, um, you know, if they can get ahead, which their, their first drives have been really good on offense um, to, to score some points. Um, and, and then from there, if, if you can force a team to, you know, get into a couple of turnovers and then all of a sudden they become one dimensional, uh, I think that's kind of where Oklahoma state's, uh, buttering its bread right now. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the, the first drives. I remember I was, I was, uh, I was working a high school game cause that game was a Friday night and I was watching the game and I was thinking to myself, I was like, my God, I was like, this is, this game script was, it was unbelievable. I mean, that, that first drive against K state. And I think it's so important they establish Alan Bowman on these drives, right? Like this is not just rushing attack they have to get bowman going and i thought bowman was was wonderful in the last game and the the reason why oklahoma state like oklahoma state can feel i think better than texas can about the big 12 championship game because you look at the hit list for oklahoma state kansas is one game behind them k-state is one game behind them oklahoma is one game behind them they don't play texas the one team they've lost to is iowa state but man it's it's hard to see iowa state after last week making it through the rest of their schedule, especially the Texas game coming up and the Texas and K-State, right? The, they have both them left. You think they lose at least one of those games. And so if we're saying K-State's at, at three conference losses, or Iowa State rather is at three conference losses, you're in a pretty good spot because uh, if you have a win over a team and you got the tiebreaker you know, over them, it's it essentially functions as, as a game and a half lead, right? And so... You know, they've got uh, what they've got uh, UCF this week, mm -hmm. Houston next Houston, week, and then BYU, BYU. Right. So now this is a this is a massive letdown spot, right? I've been playing, yeah. UCF, but, you know, this is like the definition of letdown spot. And I think it's why I think the, the spread reflects that, too. Uh, Oklahoma is not a Oklahoma State is not a dominating team, right? They did do the job against Cincinnati, but that wasn't like a mm -hmm. particularly that's not a very good Cincinnati team. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like they, I mean, they are in pole position essentially. I know Texas, Texas is the better team of the two. I think everybody feels pretty good in saying that. Not saying Oklahoma State cannot beat them, but if you look at all of it kind of in totality, like, you know, I think, I think about the fact that, hey, man, this K State game this past week for Texas is a good example, right? They could have easily lost that game. They could have also easily probably won that game by three scores with how dominant the number difference was. So, you know, you think about it like, they should feel better than Texas does, though, because of all of these wins. I mean, these are strong wins. They're, they're not just cycling to the bottom half of the league right now. They have beaten all of these teams who are in contention, and they can feel very good because of that. Yeah, essentially what they have left is a series of trap games. 
Um, yes. I think I think everybody's on high alert right now. You're heading down to UCF. It's a new, you know, team. It's a place you haven't been to before. It's their space game, um, which they haven't lost one of those. I think in seven tries or something like that. So if they survive this, then I think everybody, you, you know, you almost take another breath. But then you're going down to Houston. That's a place where you know, ask West Virginia. Um, even as much as Houston struggled this year, that's not a team that you you know can just you can't just take the team lightly. Mm-hmm. And then if you get past that, oh, it's senior night. And you've got another newcomer. Well, that BYU team has proven it, it, it didn't look good the other night, but has proven that it can it can hang with some teams. So uh, th- they do have just kind of a series of just trap games left. And, and you mentioned the, the kind of gauntlet that they've gone through to get to this point. That's kind of credit to Mike Gundy in that he is not letting this team beat itself. Um, you, you know, there's been a lot of self-inflicted wounds that I think a lot of teams that play Oklahoma State leave going, ah, like, why did we, like, let that slip away? And that's just continued to happen. It's continued to happen to where it gets to the point where it's like, okay, maybe OSU is making you make those mistakes and they're not allowing right. themselves to make those mistakes. Um, so I, I think that's kind of been interesting. I, I, I like to follow, um, you, you know, after Oklahoma State plays a game, I'll kind of see what the vibe is from from the other side of things. So I'll go, like, listen to a podcast or something and they'll be like, man, we beat ourselves. And that just kind of keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. And it's like it gets to a point where it's like, OK, well, Oklahoma State's not beating itself right now. And maybe they're forcing you to beat yourself. Yeah, well, I think a great example of this is is kind of how the run really, you know, those first two games, right? The Kansas State game, when you go back on that front, and I thought about this two and a half, and I was like, man, Mike Gundy's got a bye week, and they're at home the next two games. I'm like, ah, uh, I'm like, I, I don't know, like, I just I got a weird vibe out of it. And then you look at the turnover battle, three zero, right? That's a that's a shutout, and you want like, and I mean shutout as in you're the one with zero, and that's one of those where you want to be the, the the team, you know, shutting out, no turnovers for you, right? You force three. The next week, think about those critical turnovers uh, that Kansas had in that game, and I, Jason Bean, not great in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, uh, the Oklahoma game, t- but here's the thing, he he got one more chance in the Oklahoma game. And and he made them pay. Oklahoma State did not give him another opportunity after that. You know that that turnover there at midfield, right? They were able to kind of you know cash it in and, and seal the deal um, in that game. And so like that's another one of those. Look, you want to turn over a battle again, and you go to the uh, you know the Oklahoma game, obviously, which is kind of the big one here. Another game where you win the turnover battle three to one. And so that's been the big thing. Like, do not shoot yourself in the foot. And look, I I do believe that in that there is kind of some acknowledgement of. Not saying you're the worst team, but in some of these matchups, you know, like they've left the game oftentimes feeling like maybe they weren't the better team. But I think you're right. Like when we talk about the word team itself, I think I think the the talent might be better on some of the other sides that they've played. But Oklahoma State's talent is good enough, and their coaching has been better than everybody. And this is against Lance Leipold, and this is against. Uh, Chris Kleiman, and this is again, you know, I think uh, Neil Brown, who's I think coached actually really well this year, like he's had a really good coaching year, and uh, you know, against Brent Venables and the Oklahoma staff, like this is this is from a coaching perspective, and I hate to make it about one guy and the players because it is about the players, but um, Gundy kind of comes back to him once again, and it's it's hilarious because he has these hiccups all the time, whether it be self inflicted on the field or off the field, but like when push comes to shove, he is the one kind of almost you know. Uh, he's the one doing the shoving, it feels like, more often than not. Yeah, and, and Gundy said throughout this year that this team doesn't have the margin for error that maybe teams of the past have. Those Mason Rudolph teams, they they could throw a couple picks because they're going to score 50 points. Um, he, he's So I think that's kind of his acknowledgement of that where, hey, this team talent-wise, 
um, maybe isn't as as talented as, as teams they've had in the past. It's not a Mason Rudolph and James Washington connection. Um, you know, it's not Spencer Sanders running for, you know, 100 yards and throwing for 300. Um, right. so, so this team has to do it a different way. And that's almost more impressive whenever you talk about good coaching. That's almost more impressive that as these things kind of change, as, you know, the high-powered offense is kind of going away and Oklahoma State's getting more into, you know, running the counter again. Um, that's almost more impressive that Gundy has been able to do it uh, different ways. And, and there was, you know, a lot of talk, especially at the beginning part of the year, that, hey, Gundy's not ready to, to coach in this transfer portal era. Um, you, you know, he lost all those guys, and it's obvious that, that they didn't replace them. And yeah. then, yeah, I, I think everybody was. I think it, it, I think you're crazy if you weren't saying that at, at some point. Right. So um, so for him to be able to adjust like that, um, you, you know, he gets, you know, pigeonholed into, you know, being an old school type of guy. And some of the things he says, you can, you know, see why people would think that way. Uh, but his ability to adapt as a coach um, in the in-game scenarios – uh, I think has been, you know, nothing short of miraculous. So one more thing, last thing, and let's, you know, because so much has been talked about Ali Gore, and I, I don't think we, we've talked a lot about him, and I think it's good because the rest of the team does deserve some credit. And and I think nationally the story is Ali Gordon as it should be. Um, You know, he is, like, his when you see these performances and you see statistically where he is, putting himself right now. I mean, I remember that what was the back-to-back 250 games yeah. where it was like four guys have done it 250 and two touch uh, or two plus touchdowns or four touchdowns, whatever it was. Right. Kendall Hunter, who's two time first team, I think first team all American uh, Thurman Thomas, I believe who is an NFL hall of famer. Uh, and then Barry Sanders, who is probably the best player to ever play the position. And you watch him play and you're like, yeah, this checks out. Right. There, there's nothing when you watch him run where you're like, eh, like late in that game, you know, against Oklahoma, it, it, you know, he was, I mean, he was just grinding for yardage and he got a couple of really nice runs. And I know that they put it away on defense and whatnot, but like he is, um, he is as good start to finish. You know, he's one of those guys, just a consistent runner. And I think about all of these, you know, this has been a league for a while now that's been about great running backs. Um, I think about, you know, like the last just few years, think about Jalen Warren, obviously, Chuba Hubbard, the Oklahoma State guys, but Bijan Robinson. Obviously, it was you know one of those guys, Roshan Johnson, how good he was, and uh, other teams obviously Deuce Vaughn, right? Last season, uh, the stable running backs that we had at TCU last year too. Mm-hmm. This has been a running backs league, and those guys are NFL, really good NFL running backs. And he is Bijan, a little bit different, and they're actually they're they're a lot of different players. Bijan yeah. better out of the backfield for sure, but Ali is just a he can be physical, he can be he's fluid, is what he is. He's really a fluid runner. You know, I, I watch him and because um, Bijan's got that really good burst. He's really, really quick, right? And and Ollie's not that quick. It just everything looks so effortless for him. It looks like he's at 75% pace all the time. And I love watching guys like that. That's what I thought about when I watched DeAndre Swift run, and there are different types of runners too. But I love the fact for a guy who's that size looks as fluid as he does a little bit of Derrick Henry almost. Cause I always got a big upper half. And I think Derrick Henry always kind of looked like he was almost falling forward, mm-hmm. you know, when he was running. And that's kind of how I feel about when I watch Ali, who do you think about when you watch him? And I mean, you know, just the performance, like kind of what, what vibes does it give you? Yeah. So you, so you mentioned him kind of being effortless and this is a different, this is a totally different sport, but being an Oklahoma state, you know, follower, mm-hmm. it's like watching Kate Cunningham. Like whenever, yes. whenever Cade Cunningham right. was destroying the big 12, it looked like he, you know, he wasn't doing any flashy dribble moves. 
he was just dribbling it between his legs, stepping back and, and hitting it over a shorter defender. So that's that, that kind of reminded me uh, whenever he said that. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, I think all the talk post Bedlam has been OU held Ollie Gordon in check. If holding somebody in check is letting him go for 140 and two touchdowns, hold him in check all the time. Like that, it's crazy. Right. Just and I actually the, would agree with that. I actually, I yeah, would like the, in check, but like they actually did what they needed to do to win the game against him. Yeah. But, but it's crazy that, you know, he could go for 140 and two touchdowns and they're like, okay, I'm good with that. Like I, I'm okay with, with what happened there. But he, yeah. So it's talking about like his style. I've, I've heard like Eric Dickerson um, mm. a little bit. He, he's just, his stride is what does it for me because he, whenever he opens up, whenever he, and it doesn't take him long to get there. Whenever he opens up and starts doing that stride, I think it kind of catches defenders off guard to where their angle kind of gets messed up, like right off the rip whenever they're trying to get to him. And then all of a sudden he crunches you with a stiff arm. Or if if you're like, okay, this guy's about to bring it and you dive in, he's just going to you know sidestep. It's not going to be a, a crazy Jalen Warren-esque jump cut. He's just going to get to the right. side and, and keep going. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've been looking for comps. It's pretty much since this thing started, Gundy has been saying Keith Tostin, which longtime Oklahoma State fans will will uh, know the name. Uh, he's, he's much better than Keith Tostin. No disrespect to Keith Tostin. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think Derrick Henry's apt. I think, um, you know, Eric Dickerson's probably apt. Any, you know, tall, lanky running back um, is kind of a good comparison. There was one more that I can't remember at this point, but he's really it, – it, it's – it's like nothing I've ever seen before. And, and I've gotten so used to, you know, Justice Hill was more of a scat back. Chuba Hubbard had good straight line speed, wasn't as good, you know, laterally. Um, and then Jalen Warren kind of did a little bit of everything being a, you know, he, he wasn't afraid to hit you, but but he had more jump cuts and, and things of that nature. Yeah. So it's it's just been different seeing a downhill type of guy um, that that will open up his stride and as tall as he is. Um, yeah, it's, it's like nothing I don't think that I've seen um before that i haven't watched a ton of anyways it, it, as far as following oklahoma state goes i don't think there's been anything like ollie gordon it's funny too because you, you know you think about that kansas game where, he, where he's got the catches but that's really not been part of his game like they do toss him the ball but it's not it doesn't it doesn't have to be i think my gunny's a pretty good job being like look we don't have to we don't have to force this there's there's no need for us to to use that as part of his as part of the game we don't have to and i, I think the one thing yeah the two things are fluid and physical Right, it, it can be fluid. It's not the jump cut, but it's like this, you know, the stiff arm away from a guy. If you take your eyes off him, he will move away from you. All that kind of stuff. He can kind of do it both ways. And and uh, I'm glad we get to watch him for at least one more year. Right, I'm I'm really glad we get to. Uh, one thing though, I want to ask about is the is the quarterback for the future type deal because I'm I'm a very curious long term. This is something that you and I will talk about in the off season uh, whenever we reconnect. But because I, I do you believe the season ends with them playing for a Big Twelve championship? I mean, I feel. I feel very strongly about that. With with Oklahoma State, um, having followed yeah. them my whole life, you can never know. But right. yeah, I, I do agree that they've got you know a a really solid shot, as good a shot as anybody in the Big Twelve. Okay, so like moving forward though, are is this because I know you know I'm about to make, make an example here. So Wisconsin has always kind of played the same way, and a lot of Big Ten teams have. But Wisconsin has been a one of the better versions of what Wisconsin does for a very long time. So is Oklahoma State still going to kind of go with the Wisconsin uh, South type uh, type deal? Or look, do you think we're going to try to open this thing up a bit? Or do you think that it might be, you know, now that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the conference? Because like the one thing is, look, if you're going to try to big boy Texas, it's probably going to work. 
that's kind of the one big concern when I think about this matchup. Like when I think about it ahead of time, it's just nobody, nobody this year has run the ball on Texas. Nobody has. So I think about long term, like what is what is the play for Oklahoma State? You know, are they gonna, uh, you know, short term, like who's the next quarterback coming in? Is it gonna be a Garrett Rangel? Are they gonna portal this thing? Um, you know, like what is which direction are they gonna take that in? And also too, like, do you think offensively this is kind of gonna be the key moving forward? Is is just gonna keep being running backs because that's kind of been the story for them in recent memory. Yeah. Well, okay. So there is a world where this has been discussed a little bit. Um, Alan Bowman gets another year of eligibility, which mm. seems crazy because he's already 45 years old. Yes. Um, I don't know exactly how it works. Something to do with one of his injured years at tech, uh, I believe. So, and, and that hasn't been confirmed. That's just been talked about. And I asked Gundy about it way back at big 12 media days. And he said, you know, yeah, I've heard that, you know, that's something that they're looking into, but that he didn't have an answer. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I guess that's a, that's an option. Um, you know, going back to last year is interesting because Gundy had said, I think the future of football is you need a mobile quarterback. And then he brings in Alan Bowman, who's, you know, he, he scored a rushing touchdown, uh, on Saturday. Well, he's, not, a he's a little thick. He, yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll, he'll got some size to him. Um, and, and his kind of re- response to that Gundy's response to that was, well, he's, he's good in the pocket and he has been, he hasn't taken it. He's taken, I think one sack in this five game winning streak. Um, so I, I think that's kind of, uh, maybe what Gundy's more so getting at, but, you know, they've got Garrett Rangel, who, you know, I think looked comparable to Alan Bowman. Um, he, he obviously, kind of different play styles a little bit. I think Garrett's a little bit better of a runner. Um, I, I think Garrett's arm might be a tad stronger, uh, but as far as, you know, decision-making experience, uh, maybe even accuracy, um, he's not quite on Bowman's level there. And then they've got Zane Floors, who I think they are really stoked about. He's a true freshman. Um, he was a four-star guy out of Nebraska. Uh, he's kind of more of your stoic... Uh, he, he can run a little bit, but he's he's not Spencer Sanders, that's for sure. Um, so I, I think that'll kind of be interesting in, in kind of what we talked about earlier, how Gundy's been able to win different ways. I think maybe there's a world where he just says, OK, we're going to go look for the best option and, and then we'll kind of mold and, and adjust to that. You, you hope it doesn't take a, a South Alabama loss for them to totally figure that out. Um, but maybe that, you know, their ability to adapt on the fly. Uh, maybe allows for Oklahoma State to kind of cast a wider net as far as quarterback talent. And I would like to say this too. I think the one thing I enjoy about Oklahoma State on this front is that Mike Gundy is not afraid to like go at the old guy. Maybe mm-hmm. who just like th- this, it's right, right? Like like Spencer played forever, but the best version of Spencer was the old version. I mean, I can t- contend obviously last season was, you know, it was derailed by his injury. I mean, they put, I don't think they wanted to put as much as they did last year on him, right? I, I would argue he was pretty yeah. much the most important player in the Big 12. Um, I think that, it, like, they, when it was good, it was all because of him. And as soon as he was injured, it all went south and downhill. But Spencer's best version was the older version of him. Alan Bowman has really been a journeyman. I mean, this this is the first time he's felt like he's had a home, and it's been for a few games this year. It's not even been the whole season. So I would wonder what your your thoughts are on that, like, Hey, Garrett Rangel's been there for a while, but that does not mean Mike Gunny's going to give up on him. You know, just because it hasn't popped, you know, most guys think, "Hey, it's time for me to leave." But Mike Gunny's the type of guy who says, "You know, no, you're you're still going to get a fair shake. We're going to make sure we assess all of our options." But just because you're old and it hasn't worked out yet, we're still going to give you a chance. Yeah, Gundy, in regardless of quarterback, any position, Gundy likes old guys, um, and, and that's come sometimes frustrated the fan base to no end, to where you get this shiny new toy. Even Ollie Gordon last year. Dominic Richardson still getting, you know, the lion's share of carries um, in their running game. is just not going anywhere. 
Um, so that that's kind of always the side that Gundy's leaned on. If he's not totally sure, and it's hard to be sure with young guys because they haven't you know played in games, and the only person right. that can play them in games is Mike Gundy. Uh, so if, if you're not totally sure, uh, Mike Gundy has always defaulted to the older guy. So yeah, in, in kind of an example of of what you say with uh, Garrett Rangel, Rashad Owens. Um, yeah, goes for you know ten catches and a hundred plus yards in the final bedlam. And really, throughout his career, he played a little bit as a true freshman, but was still able to redshirt. Um, they, they've moved him to cowboy back. He's played every receiver spot um, that they have. Um, he's played tight end. He's he's done everything. Even before the bowl game last year, he said that he was getting reps at running back because they were so injured at the position. Rashad Owens is a gundy guy through and through. Um, so I, I think that's kind of you know what you'd expect. I yeah, I would not count Garrett Rangel out moving forward. Um, obviously, the the portal is there. It's a thing um he you know based on how the beginning of the year went you know who knows i don't i don't know anything on, on that but um yeah if garrett rangel sticks out his time at oklahoma state um he's going to be given more than an opportunity to to kind of step in and, and be that next guy all right marshall where can people find you and your work and all of its variety yeah we're uh pistolsfiringblog.com um and then on twitter at pistols guys awesome marshall scott pistols firing thank you so much thank you